Hey everyone, your friendly neighbourhood druid here. So, as well as all the stuff that's been going on, health problems, people moving house, just lots and lots of things, the universe appeared to think it was my turn to have a load of shit happen to me. Um, not going to go into too many details, but basically, the end of it all, um, me, Cat, and the baby all got COVID, and we're... Uh, we're still recovering. We got over it pretty quick, took about a week, but there's been some lingering effects, mostly that I get out of breath really quickly. So even talking on a show or doing this intro uh, makes me out of breath pretty quick. But we're all getting better and, you know, the kid knocked it on the head in about two days because because she's some sort of a nuclear um, fission engine or something. She destroyed it. Um, but me and the wife um, taking a longer to recover. Uh, so yeah, that's um, kind of one of the reasons why we're finding it difficult to record and I'm finding it difficult to edit at the moment, as well as the holidays and everything too. So yeah, that's basically what's been going on. Um, I'm recording this Christmas Day. I had a lovely time with my family, which was awesome. And I hope you all had a great time too with your family and your loved ones. A um, little bit of a surprise in this episode i managed to get permission from an incredible sea shanty band who are doing big things at the moment to use one of their songs in this episode so i want to give a big shout out to the longest johns for their permission to use one of their songs in this episode i'm not going to say which one it is because i want it to be a surprise but yeah that was very cool of them and i just i just emailed them and asked and they were like yeah sure so that was that was great and obviously having that alongside the amazing work that Celestial Aeon Project does is just, oh man, it's just great. So hopefully you guys will be able to enjoy this episode and we will get to the end of this arc uh, sooner rather than later. It would be good because I'm, I'm, dying, I'm dying to fight Groomish. <laughs> and if you guys don't know, Interparty Conflict is wrapping up like really soon in the next week, I think. I think the next episode is their last episode or maybe second to last episode, but... If you haven't listened to them, do yourself a favour and just, you know, give their show a shot. It's one of mine and Jake's favourite shows. It's just absolutely brilliant. And Gabe and Jeff, the guys that do it, are just lovely human beings. And they've helped out a lot of DMs, including myself and Jake, over the several years that we've been listening. So if you find yourself wanting to find out more about the inner workings of Dungeons & Dragons and other tabletop games, then give them a listen. We highly recommend them. Well, now that's all wrapped up, on with the show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Brute Force and Ignorance, a Dungeons and Dragons podcast. We're back. Woo! Woo! That is a great movie about dinosaurs starring John Goodman. (laughs) (laughs) And my name is Jake Harmon, and I will be your dungeon master for this campaign. Sexy boy! Woo-hoo-hoo! 
And joining us tonight, we have everybody's favorite 90s sitcom. That's right. For the first time in a while, we've got a full house. Joining us tonight, tonight, we have Mr. Matt Kirby playing Aurelius. Yo, yo. We have Mr. Dan West playing Bruin. Hello. We have Mr. Frank Hammer playing Flint. We have Mr. Eric Marable playing. Wait, hold on. Do you guys hear that? No. I close my eyes only for a moment, and the moment's gone. All my dreams pass before my eyes of curiosity. We have Mr. Eric Marable playing Shay Mace Light. What's up, everybody? <laughs> and always last but never least, we have Mr. Jai Rivero playing Zorn. What's up? Gentlemen, it is good to be back together. It's been far too long. Yeah. That's not what she said. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. She said she's not a talker. well gentlemen are you ready to play some dungeons and dragons yes please well then let us listen to the hum of the crt monitor as we boot up our commodore 64 pop in our five and a quarter inch floppy disk of a gold box DD game the pool of radiance as the game loads we are captivated by the text on screen and we are sucked back into the world of faerun where we join the party in the ruined fairy town of Illipur. Aurelius is atop one of the buildings, only noticed by Uni, who has kept his location a secret at his request. Zorn is nearly done eating a giant whoopie pie, whilst Mikazuki meanders around looking for signs of life. Bruin, Flint, and Shay notice a ship off in the distance, headed toward Illipur and what remains of its docks. Shay, with her keen human eyes, has noticed the ship is painted blue. It has five sails, appears to be a bit longer than the Arliss, but also sits lower in the water. Gentlemen, what would you like to do? Come on, Eric. No, I was thinking, like, I'm trying to think of what it's called, so I didn't sound like an idiot when I'm fucking asking this. Can we scurry around the dock a little bit to find what are the fucking things that are, that are like telescopes, but back in... What the fuck are they called? I guess like a, a spy, Like a spyglass? Yes, that's what I was saying earlier. <laughs> 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 fuck. Okay, does anybody have a spyglass? No. Not, okay. not even remotely. I do. What? I do. I got one. See? It's in my it's in my uh fucking shit along with the crowbar and a climber's kit. <laughs> oh my god. Which is this is yeah. why I asked the question. <laughs> Yep, that's why we have character sheets. Although, Eric, yours isn't made up. You could have had one on you. No one would have called you on it. <laughs> no one, no one believes pocket. that Frank has one, so why would we believe that you have one? It goes with my sailor outfit. Sailor oh, God, I forgot about that. <laughs> okay, so, so I will audibly say while I'm looking on the dock, hey, let's see if we can find a spyglass just in case somebody has one, they can pull it out while I'm looking for one. It's one of the ones that extends, so I'm gonna like hold it in front of my penis and then go. Shh. <laughs> of course you are. Of course you are. I'm gonna look, I'm gonna look at it. And I'm gonna look at Shay. And it'll be like, uh, here. Look, you know. 
All right, I'm going to look around on the dock some more. Does anybody maybe see and look for some alcohol wipes? <laughs> oh, Jesus. All right, I'll grab his spyglass very aggressively. Ooh. <laughs> I'm going to push it in before I pull it away from him just to jab his fucking dick a little bit. And I'll look out at the ship and see if I can get a better look at it. Okay, please make a perception check. Oh, that sucks. Oh, shit. Eight. Eight. Okay, so... Uh, with an oh, wait, eight... that's 13. Okay. Sorry. So with a 13, uh, you're able to see that the, the ship right now, you're able to guess that it's about, like, 75 yards or so off from shore. Um, but it is making its way toward you. Uh, it is painted blue and it has gold trim around the vessel. Can I tell about while looking out there if I can see if we've been spotted? Hmm. So as you're as you're looking at the ship, you do see like one or two people meandering around, and one of them is definitely looking in your direction. Oh shit! Bro, turns to Shay and says, "Do you see anything?" Yeah, I'm just gonna like put the spyglass down. And I think they see us. And then like shove it right into Frank's face. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Well, no point in hiding now, I suppose. Yeah, I guess we can just look casual. So as you're as you're looking at this boat off in the distance, it gets a little bit closer. And once it's about fifty yards or so from shore, it stops and drops anchor. A small blue robo is lowered down into the sea, and five men climb down into the boat. And you watch as they begin to head towards you guys, with one man standing at the front of the boat, his chest puffed out, and one foot propped on the bow. I hate these guys. <laughs> Why? That's so arrogant. Oh, okay. We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to fucking kill this guy. <laughs> well, it's what five versus what seven? Should be okay. And at this point, you guys hear sounds of a cart coming down the road. Uh, I would like you to make perception checks. Oh, God. Oh, natural one. Everyone? Uh, everyone except... Actually, no, everyone, and then Aurelius, you actually get advantage. Because you have a, uh, a better field of view. Ooh, net 20 for Flint. Nice. Ooh. I got 20. I'm sorry, 14. Okay, so... <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, jeez. So, Frank, uh, you notice, as the cart begins making its way down, that it is actually Jet and Million. And along with those two, there is also a bunch of supplies in the cart. Okay. And so as the car is making its way toward Illipur, the small rowboat heads to the least of the destroyed docks. The men make their way down the dock and walk towards the party. You notice that all of them are wearing tan breeches with white linen shirts, and there is not a speck of dust or dirt on them. The man who had been on the front of the boat wears a blue jacket adorned with gold fringe around the trim. His blue tricorn hat is angled off slightly to the left. He lifts his head back, and his blue eyes scan the party. Everyone, again, make perception checks. 
Perception. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's How about to that? get horny. How tall is he? So Jai has a 15. Uh, 16 for Brian. 16. I got a 21. I got a 13. You blew it all. Look at that fucking cart, dude. <laughs> <I did. laughs> all right. So, Eric, you said you had a 21? Yeah. Okay, and what did you have, Bruin? 16. 16. All right, so... So with scores like that, Jai, Shay, and Bruin notice that this well-dressed guy spends just slightly longer looking at Flint. He then takes his hat off, and his long mane of honey-colored hair shines brightly in the sun. He places his hat on his chest and bows deeply at the party. Well, me lads and lasses, I must say, you are the most motley-looking crew that I have yet seen, and I have seen many a ragtag band of heroes in my years. My name is Captain Archibald Reginald Montpellier VII, and it is a pleasure to make your acquaintance. Fuck you, dude, with that name. You know I'm gonna <laughs> write it down. <laughs> Love you, Dan! Love you, too. Just write the seventh. How many are we gonna run into? Archie. What's his name now? <laughs> Captain Archie. Archie 7. <laughs> it is a pleasure to make your acquaintance, though I am not sure what you are doing in the remains of this town. Uh, what brings you to Illipper, home of the Blue Pirates? And when he says this name, Bruin, I would like you to make a history check with your bonus for Luskin history. Ooh. Hmm. Was that advantage or not? I forget. Was yeah, it, just... it was advantage. Okay. Well, that that both shit. That was a fucking. Where's my history? <laughs> one was eleven. The other one was an eight. <laughs> so with an eleven, you're a little bit hazy on all the details, but you do remember reading about them, and that at one part, one point in history, they were one of the strongest pirate guilds. Uh, but that was quite some time ago. And they were the Blue Pirates. And they were the Blue Pirates. Fuck's sake, Eric. <laughs> Sorry. I typed it. I didn't want to disrupt anybody. <laughs> Do you think I wasn't going to read it? <laughs> oh, roll 20 is a disaster. <laughs> oh. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> I don't think Frank just read it. <laughs> so... For clarification, it says, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if I were a pirate, I would want to be the one that she blew. Little uh, Dash, Eric Marable. <laughs> and specifically only Mar Eric Marable. Well, they can blow the I rest no of the party. I don't or association care. with <laughs> Eric Marable. <laughs> so Captain Archibald continues to look at the party. And I raised questioningly. Wondering why you are in Illipur. Well, I figured he would... They figured Flint would say something seeing as he was staring at him for so long. Um, uh, Bruce is going to sort of say... What the fuck would he say? And say, uh, Captain Bruin Sylvanus and Captain Flint Fohammer here. We're waiting for our ship. Um, and we will be docking it shortly. And we're going to the Highlands. Why are you here? Captain Archibald puts his hat back on 
It's always a pleasure to meet a fellow fellow captain such as yourselves. And uh, believe it or not, this this destroyed town, the remnants of it, are the uh, the base of operations for for my band of men here and myself. What? You're just coming home? Just coming <laughs> home. This is this is where we live. Okay, Brian just looks around at like the wreckage that is the docks, and just goes, "Okay, nice, nice, uh, nice uh, place you have here." His eyes kind of get a little bit misty, and you can tell he's remembering a time long past. It used to be one of the most beautiful towns. He then like <laughs> okay. blinks and like kind of wakes himself up, and he looks over at Flint. Master oh. Dwarf, I cannot help but notice your resemblance to a dwarf my friends and I here knew many, many moons ago. He had written a piece of music for my crew, but we've never found someone who can read this music. Would you mind taking a look at it? Well, sure. And so he goes inside of his jacket and pulls out a very weathered piece of parchment. He unfolds it and hands it to you. And I will look it over. So as you look at it, the lyrics are in the common tongue. They're those are easy and peasy to read, but the musical notation is native to the kingdom of Erhanad. Though you haven't seen it in years, all of the dwarfs from, from your kingdom uh, learned how to read this strange pattern of music. Copy that. Can I try to sing it with them or show them how it's done? Yeah, sure. Do you want to try to play the song? Yeah. All right. Please make a performance check. Oh, shit. Here we go. Good luck. What do I add to that? Your charisma. Oh, that's right. Okay, so it's a total of 20. Very nice. So as you begin to play this song, uh, all five of the men begin to just kind of sway back and forth. And Captain Archibald begins to sing. Oh, I bid farewell to the port and the land as I paddle away from brave Faerun's white sands. And so Captain Archibald begins to sing this song, pairing it with the music for the first time. The song goes in waves, telling of Survivor's guilt and his wanting to join his fallen crewmates in the ocean. Once Archibald gets to the lyrics about where the ship sank and he sees the ghost of his fallen comrades, I would like everyone to make perception checks. That's a bit better. 18. 14. 17. Okay. So, Bruin and Zorn are the first two to notice the ghost-like figures beginning to come up from the depths of the water. And as you look at them, they have a iridescent blue glow. After a moment, everyone notices. Did you all notice that these ghostly figures are singing the song along with Flint and the the pirates? Uh, all in all, there are about 15 of these ghastly figures dancing around the water. And I throw my weapon at them. <laughs> Do you actually throw your weapon at them? Yeah, piss off, ghost. <laughs> Are you throwing your your sword? Yes. Please make an attack roll. <laughs> oh fuck! <laughs> <laughs> so Zorn, being seeing these these ghastly figures, 
just yeets his sword at one and it completely overshoots all of them and lands in the water and begins to sink to the depths below. <laughs> Was that your super magical silvered sword, Zorn? Yep. Okay. Cool. And so, <laughs> and so Archibald continues to sing now the time and uh, says how he manages to make it back to shore instead of drowning and that he will live I'm out sure all the years that his comrades had left him behind. As he gets to the, to the end of the song, he looks over at Flint. Finish the song, lad. Bring it home for us. I remember the fallen and they think of me. For our souls in the ocean, together we'll be. And the... Both the living and the dead pirates begin to applaud and make all sorts of raucous and noise, celebrating you finally playing this song for the first time. Uh, Frank, how many points of inspiration do you have? Uh, zero. Uh, make that one. Yay! So, <laughs> as you finish the song, uh, you notice that the, the pirates who are in front of you, the living ones... They all have misty eyes, and they're they're all feeling very emotional right now. And as you look to the water, three masts begin to, to rise up from the depths. And after a moment, aside from the the rowboat and the, the blue pirate ship off in the distance, three ghostly ships are now standing right outside the water. Well, fuck. <laughs> Brilliant does, Cap- honestly doesn't know what the fuck to do with all of this. <laughs> How does Aurelius react to seeing three ghostly ships emerge from the depths? Um, I'm going to use the opportunity to sneak down off the roof <laughs> and whisper in, and, and whisper something in Uni's ear quickly while everyone's distracted with the ships. Okay. Uh, are you whispering what I think you're whispering? Yeah, I've sent you a message. Okay. So... Hopefully Yunu will do her little bit. Yunu will I do will... her best. Uh, so Yuni's going to go off and, and kind of work on that. Um, it's going to take her a minute, but she rolled a 16 plus 2 is an 18. So that is A-OK on her part. Excellent. Uh, <laughs> and then, I don't know about I'm just going to sort of walk up behind everyone else and go, what's everyone looking at? <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ, I thought you were a ghost. Oh. Uh, the, the ships, the, the ghost ships. The... Look! Oh. <laughs> it's a completely not fussed by anything. <laughs> <laughs> Typical Aurelius. <laughs> How does Shay react to seeing the floating ghost ships? No, I was trying to read my detect good and evil, and apparently it only detects whether they're there or not actually if they're good or evil, it looks like. Okay. So, probably not going to blow my... Spell slot on that. Let's save that for the pirates. Um, Thank you, Eric. That was good. <laughs> <laughs> I was biting my tongue so hard. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't think I'm going to have anything to be able to tell whether these guys are good or bad. It's just if they're, you know what, I'm going to be as casual and friendly as possible and just kind of let the scene kind of play out and not try to piss anybody off. Cer- certainly not chuck my weapon at anything. <laughs> 
<laughs> Speaking of such, Zorn, you notice on the deck of one of these ghostly ships, your sword is just chilling out. Well, that doesn't track because I got stark ass naked and was swimming <laughs> trying to find my sword. So when I notice this, I calmly go back up to the shore and put my stuff back on and ask uh, Artie if I can retrieve said sword and say, my bad. Archibald first looks down at Flint and he puts a hand on, on Flint's shoulder. Master Dwarf, we are forever in your debt. Anything you need from us, anything at all, say the word and my crew and I will be there to help you. Can you help me get my razor of scootering back? I'd like to never see you naked again. <laughs> You're the only one. Wink, wink. <laughs> uh, I, Archibald looks at you. I don't know about a razor of scootering. I've never heard of such a thing. Uh, but that's your... He points over at the ghost ship. He's like, that's your sword over there. Do, do you want that back? or? Yes, like, thank you. 100%. He waves at one of the ghosts who's over there. And one of these ethereal ghost-like pirates just grabs the sword and just, like, floats on over and uh, presents it before you. All right. I um, I take it, hold out my, my hand for a fist bump. Yeah. Uh, there is, like, he his ghostly hand, like, slightly phases through your fist. But there there is a connection there. There is a transfer of energy. And he nods at you. My bad. My bad. He gives you a ghostly thumbs up. I'm gonna look over to Brent with that Brent Bruin and ask, so what do we need? Where we're headed? What can we get these guys to do for us? Hmm. Well, an armada of ships is uh might come in handy in the, the fight to come. Oh yeah, I read about something sometime where this one dude had an army of dead guys and it really worked out well for him, so maybe we can get him to fight for us. Yeah, all right, I'm going to turn around and be like, uh, come with us and stuff. <laughs> and stuff. <laughs> <coughs> Will there be nachos? <laughs> um. <laughs> High fantasy, guys. That's what you're listening to. <laughs> well, where is it that you and your friends are going? Where, wherever it is, is... We will, we will gladly assist you, and you will have our blades, our cannons, and our blunderbusses. That would be fantastic, because we are going to war. He turns around and looks at his crew. This is it, boys. This is war. We will indeed fulfill the ancient... The ancient... Oh, fuck. What, uh, now I gotta find <laughs> fucking thing. What was it? I was notes, gonna notes, say notes, oath, notes, but... Notes, 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 No, it wasn't oath. It wasn't I oath. thought you were what gonna be quoting 99 red balloons for a second. I was I gonna go... Intention. I was gonna go... Whoa! So, Captain Archibald turns to look at his friends. This is it, boys. This is war. The ancient prophecy, the curse, it will be lifted. Just as it was written, he turns to look back at Flint. You have our swords, friend. So and who are we going to be fighting? Oh, Groomish. <laughs> he turns his head to the side. The the orcish god, the, the one-eyed ruler of the, the, the orcs. Yep, he's about to be no-eyed after I put this in his socket. <laughs> 
Archibald just nods. Well, I can't say how effective we shall be against such a foe, but we will try our best. Alright, let's go whoop some ass. Meanwhile, Jet and Million are just like completely lost. They're they're finishing unloading the cart. And they're just flabbergasted at the tomfoolery that they are seeing. And Aurelius, at this point, Uni has finished her thing. It is functional now. Um, just so you know. Okay, so I'm gonna take I'm just gonna walk back up to Zorn and just give him the razor of scooter and back and they go say, Stop fucking whinging, Scaly. I just look at him with admiration. Thank you. <laughs> no worries. No, no. Thank you. I'm going to put my fingers up to Zorn like I have something very tiny. So you must be at least this small to ride the Razor scootering. And look down at him because he was naked in front of all of us. <laughs> I don't know what I'm supposed to respond with with that. And with that, Million begins to jump up and down. Uh, look, guys, off in the distance. There's, do, do you see it? There's a, a ship. Well, no, do we see it? <laughs> As you look out upon the ocean, you see the familiar sails of the Arliss making its way toward Illipur. Oh, that's my cue. Hold on. Jesus. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Slide. <cue>. Slide. <laughs> Slide. <laughs> Yeah, so judging from where it is now, you figure it's going to take about maybe 10 minutes or so for the Arliss to get close to the docks. Okay, cool. Well, uh, Bruin's going to, now Relis is back, he's going to hand him his bag of 360 gold. Um, as I think I've already given it to Shay, Zorn, and Flint. So, Thank there's yours. Thank you very much. Hey, you're welcome. You earn it, man. 360, I don't know how much I've got money now at all. I'm just going to put plus 360 because I can't even be bothered to work it out. Yep, sounds <laughs> good. Uh, so Captain Archibald looks over at Bruin. Are, uh, is that ship there friends of yours? or? Yeah, that's our ship. Oh, very nice. What is her name? Uh, she's called the Arliss. It's a fitting name. I like it. Thanks. It used to be called the fucking Fireball Bagger or something, but we changed it much better now. A fireball bagger. I gotta say, that doesn't roll off the tongue too well. <laughs> no, I know. That's why we changed it, you know. <laughs> All right, it's so you a good change. <laughs> so, uh, with that, the cart is unloaded with all the supplies and the carriage driver begins to just haul ass out of Illipur and get right out of there going back to Prosker. He wants nothing to do with the insanity that he is watching. Fuck him. And you guys have Can about I jump 20... on the back of his wagon and go with him. <laughs> I mean, if you wanted to, yeah. <laughs> no. You can't do that, dude. I can't split screen this fucking program. <laughs> can't Damn have two it. pictures at the same time. <laughs> the cart driver turns to look at you and he's like, oh, you're finally awake. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean... It, it, as he's like turning around so hurriedly and everything, I'm just gonna go up to him and I'm just gonna like give him fucking ten gold and just say, "Don't mention this to anyone, okay?" Mention what, huh? It's my guy. He nods and he just books it. Uh, so you guys have about twenty minutes of time to kill. Um, is there anything you would like to do in that downtime before the Arliss makes its way to port? Not for me. Is any of our any of Archie's crew gnomes? Uh, oh, none of 
None of Archibald's crew are gnomes. They are all humans. Okay. <laughs> Don't sound too disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Just saying. It's been a couple years. Alright, so if you guys are set, then 20 minutes goes by. Uh, the only thing the Archibald and his crew are going to do is Archibald and one of his crew members do go into that one room that was like actually in really nice condition. Yeah. Uh, and they pull out some supplies. Um, it's it's legitimately just all alcohol and uh, ammunition for their blunderbusses. Oh man, so it's just a big room full of booze and guns. Essentially, <laughs> lots of there's gunpowder and uh, and lots of rum. Okay, can Bryn snag a little bottle of rum? Do you think? Yeah, uh, make a sleight of hand check. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Very good at that. That's only a ten. Uh, Archibald rolled a seven, so you are a okay. Sweet. Just yeah, little, just one of those, you know, like little hip flask-sized bottles, and just stick it in the old handy haversack. Okay. You will add a vintage bottle of rum. Oh, lovely! Thank you. To your uh, to your inventory. Is there anything else you guys wanted to do? I need to find a restroom. <laughs> I ate a ton of whoopie pie, and I didn't wait twenty minutes before I got in the water. Archibald looks at you like seeing that you're in distress, and he just points to a a ramshackle old outhouse off to the side. And I I scooter myself over there <laughs> you actually take out your scooter and make your way over there yes so as soon as you push off on the scooter it just begins playing jaunty music as you're scooting or uh, scootering along <laughs> what, what does it sound like Some men go to college, but we think they are wussies, so they get all the knowledge, and we get all the bump, 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 bump. <laughs> I'm not even going to acknowledge it. I'm just going to be like, hmm, that's new. <laughs> and so you scoot off to the decrepit old outhouse. Uh, the roof is pretty much completely gone. There's like a random like crow just sitting on top, cawing. He won't be there long. <laughs> uh, if he sticks around he's gonna die <laughs> yeah in about five minutes that crow's dead so <laughs> it was a bit slow <laughs> so uh, in the meantime the Arliss begins to make its way over and it heads off to the, the final dock on the, the very edge of the pier uh, which is about as close as you guys are going to get. And as they put the gangplank out, it barely reaches. Um, but you guys are able to to hop on or off the Arliss as you need be. And you see Nagamo and Joseph jumping up and down, waving at you guys. I'm going to jump up and down and wave too. <laughs> I'm going to step aboard and just like breathe a little sigh of relief. And feel for a second that I'm home. And I'm gonna pull out my my pirate hat, and I'm gonna put it on, but I'm not gonna slip it to the jaunty angle. I'm just gonna wear my tricorn hat, and I'm gonna give uh, give Nagamo and uh, Joseph the uh, the forearm shake, and just pat him on the shoulder and give him a nod. And I'm just gonna go stand at the bow of the ship, just whilst everyone else is getting ready. So as you shake Nagamo's hand, she looks up at you, and she's like, 
I gotta say, Bruin, that hat certainly does suit you. Darling, you've seen nothing yet. And uh, then I'm gonna, <laughs> then I will tweak it, oh. and then I will walk away from her, shaking my <laughs> sexy captain, a- sexy captain Alice ass as I go to the bow of the ship, and then change back into Bruin. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> did you shake uh, Joseph's hand before or after you transformed? Before, I assume. Yeah. Okay, because he was gonna go in for like a bear hug as well. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> Joseph's like just really happy to see you, uh, but he would not try to bear hug Alice with Nagamo there. Yeah, because he's a gentleman. Yeah. <laughs> and as you walk away, he like blushes through his null fur and just turns around. Oh, bless him. He's very confused. Uh, on this boat as well, I believe Piper is there. I have to look in my notes, but I believe Piper and Tybert are both on board. Or no, just Piper. Tybert had made his way back to the Highlands. Yeah, so Piper's there as well, waving at you guys. And uh, as you are at the front of the bow, Piper walks up behind you, Bruin, and she's like, it's good to see you, Bruin. Uh, is there anything you guys need need help with? Yeah, I'd see. I, did, I was going to learn a bunch of fucking sailing lingo, like a mm-hmm. yellow people, but I didn't. <laughs> so, and Shiver gonna... me titties! <laughs> Um, no, <laughs> I can't, literally, there's nothing I can say. I want to say something like batten down the hatches, you know, fucking raise anchor, blah, 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 the load of stuff that I don't know what to say, and boss her around, because captain, but I'm not going to, because I don't know what to say. So. <laughs> she gives you a little halfling thumbs up, and uh, she goes over to walk down to meet the rest of the party. Uh, so Nagamo and Joseph get down there like a little bit before, and they're saying hello to the party. Uh, they introduce themselves to Archibald and his crew. They meet Jet and Millian for the first time, so they get to see some new heroes who have joined the the cause. Is there anything you guys want to say to Joseph, Piper, or Nagamo? Just do not go in there. <laughs> 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 Not even a woo at the end. <laughs> just no, hold just the stinky nose. <laughs> you can hear the old Beetlejuice fugal horn. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you could get fucking shade to light that place on fire with sacred flame. <laughs> <laughs> it looked like a goddamn blast furnace. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> that would kill all of us. <laughs> yeah, I can't think of it. I barely remember who they are. All right, so you do see Jet and Millian uh, begin moving some of the crates of supplies off from the docks and up onto the Arliss. Okay. So once all the supplies have been loaded onto the ship, uh, what would you guys like to do from here? Yell lots of naval lingo at the crew. (laughs) Get the fuck out of here. So Nagamo looks at you. Where would you like to set sail to, Captain? Highlands. It's time. She looks and she nods. Indeed it is. So, uh, is everyone going to travel aboard the Arliss as they make their way back to the Highlands? I will definitely not be on one of those ghost ships, so yeah. Okay. (laughs) Uh, How long, I mean, I would obviously ask Nogamo, how long would the trip be back to the Highlands? Let me pull up my map. You know the thing that fucking sucks about getting COVID is that afterwards you can't taste shit. I'm like drinking wine and I literally can't fucking taste it. 
That still? is depressing. Yeah, still. Yeah. How long does that last? Don't know. One of my friends got it in June and he still can't taste anything. The only Dude. benefit that that would have is now's a good time to go on a diet, I guess. Eat all yeah. the vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> you got to be really careful when you're going downtown now. <laughs> so you guys are gonna go accidentally round the corner to Hersheyville oh no uh, I might leave that bit in it's a PSA yeah. and afterwards somebody says I was quite surprised you decided to tongue punch my pooper <laughs> What? <laughs> so, Nagamo pulls out a map and unfolds it and shows it to Bruin. And she says, okay, so we are right here at the Dragonmire in Illipur. Uh, it's going to take us about a day to reach the Vilhan Reach. And then we will have to sail discreetly through the Chondlewood until we can make it to the... Uh, the docks around the Ungathal Mountains. That's going to be our best bet. And then it's a quick run right down to the Highlands. We can't go around the easy way right around the north and down to the Methmire uh, because Grumsh and his very large fleet of ships uh, have blockaded that off. Okay, so how long do you think it's going to take? Uh, about two days. Okay, I might be able to help with getting through the pass discreetly as well so we've got that on our side at least uh she smiles and then she asks you so what's with these uh these these new guys here um i mean i see you have a a, a tiny orc man and then a a tiefling lady i've never seen a tiefling in person before like uh yeah um million is the orc of obald so He's agreed to help us. I don't know how much use he's going to be. He's um, not exactly what we were expecting, but you know, he's. I'm sure he's fine at what he does. And um, Jet over there points at Jet. She's just kind of along for the ride for the moment. Let's call it a a, a deal. After we win, <laughs> he holds up his fingers for inverted commas. <laughs> um, <laughs> we've promised to help her with uh, something she needs to deal with. So. She's here to help too. Nagamo nods. Well then, once everyone's aboard, we'll pull the, the gangplank up and we'll start making our way down. And Bruin also points at fucking <laughs> Toyota Hilux or whatever and <laughs> says, don't talk to that guy. Don't talk to that guy. Who is he? He just keeps talking about, like, believing in yourself. Yeah, just, just, just ignore him. Don't worry about it. Also, great choice using Toyota Hilux. I love the Hilux. Side note, Methmeyer sounds like a nickname for Florida. <laughs> <laughs> so Nagamo just nods at you. Okay, I will, I will be careful around our enthusiastic comrade. And with that, she goes off and she starts talking to the rest of the crew and then begin making preparations. So before the party sets sail back for the Highlands... Is there anything else you guys want to take care of? Just ask Nagamo to teach me some sailing slang so I don't look so fucking dumb next time. On your journey, she will teach you all sorts of slang. Thank you. And I will do the book work in my real life. <laughs> yeah, I can't think. I'll get some 
charcoal lead and some paper and start scribing a new character sheet. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so if everyone is set, are you guys all going to board the Arliss? Yep. Sure. Can I go on the ghost ship? Do you want to? Yes. Captain Archibald looks at you. Uh, Do you have any food to bring for two days' journey? Because there's not really any, you know, food on a ghost ship. No, you're totally good. I'm on a I'm on a fast. This is actually day three. That's a lie. I just had whoopee pie. <laughs> you just had pie. Whoopee pie. Giant I'm hoping, pie. Now you're on the I'm fast. hoping they don't remember. <laughs> I play it straight. Day three. They don't know. Okay, so uh, there are three ghost ships to choose from. The middle one. Do you just want to go for the middle one? <laughs> yep. Okay, and the the ghost guy that brought you your sword is on that ship. Fist pound again. He fist pound you. Ethereally. So, Walks off the gangplank onto the deck, falls into the sea and fucking drowns. <laughs> <laughs> the ghost, not me. <laughs> definitely you. <laughs> all right, Flint, are you all set? Oh, yeah. And Aurelius said he is good to go. So everyone has made their way onto the R list, except for Zorn was on the middle of the three uh, spooky ghost ships. Aside from the party, you also have all of the comrades, including Uni, Jet, Mikazuki, and Millian, Osteros, Snaggletooth. Once everybody is aboard, Nagamo looks over at Bruin. You ready, Captain? He just looks out over the horizon, looks back at everybody, and with a very stern look, just starts yelling, Draw back the gangplank, set the main sail, watch the jib, watch the daggerboard doesn't come too close to the shore. Get a fucking move on, let's go! Nagamo turns around. You dirty landlubbers, you heard the captain, now get to work! And then he swigs a fucking great big chug of his rum. <laughs> she turns and gives you a, like a, a wink, and then she begins to go to, to make preparations to the sails. And as she raises the mainsail, Joseph pulls in the gangplank, and the ship begins to move. And so the Arliss and its small, small armada of the Blue Pirates' main vessel and their three ethereal ghost ships, with Zorn on the middle one, the only solid-looking thing on this otherwise (laughs) decrepit-looking ghost ship, begin making their way east and then south. I'm going to roll a d20 here. Oh boy, will it be smooth sailing for our comrades, or are they going to end up facing some turbulent waters? You guys are going to have to tune in next episode to find out. Ah, we got like five minutes left. Do we? Oh, yeah. okay, hold on. No, it's then fine. It, no, no, oh, that's okay. fine. We'll just end. It's fine. All right. <laughs> it's a good place to end. And so the party begins to make their way eventually to the highlands, taking the back way uh, since the the armada of Grumch has blocked off the most easiest access to the back way of the highlands. Will their journey be smooth, or will it be fraught with misadventures? You'll have to tune in next time to find out. Gentlemen, it has been an absolute blast talking and playing with you guys again. <sighs> it's so nice to play again. I agree. I know this is a very exposition-heavy episode, but there were some good things accomplished. 
this is a big part of the story. Like things are starting to fall into place. Things are going to start getting pretty, pretty sketchy from here on out. I mean, fuck, this is the end of the story for some people, I'm sure. It, it probably is. There's a, <laughs> there's no guarantee that everyone comes out alive from this. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Zorn, I'm looking at you. I'm not dying. I'm going to go shit, fucker. <laughs> <laughs> I see you can't take any damage. So the only things that are going to get hit are you. <laughs> You're gonna no, get like nope. six cannonballs to the chest. <laughs> okay, all right, bet. I have a, I have a plan. You just sit over there. You, <laughs> he you goes inside the ghost ship, so he's protected. Yeah, that's it. It's I like mean, an invisible airplane where you just see Zorn sitting in the middle of this invisible <laughs> ship floating over the water. <laughs> Lean back, hands behind my head, feet up. Sup, fuckers. See <laughs> him because he's on the ship. He can see walls and shit. So he doesn't know that everybody on the ships around him could see him whacking off. <laughs> I was just going to make that joke. <laughs> oh, B. Arthur. Oh. So, somebody's like, why is, he, why is he stroking his tail? Oh, that's not his tail. <laughs> they have all seen both of my tails. I was stark-ass naked at the beginning of our That's his front tail. <laughs> Well, the front one's hard to see. They might not have saw it. It depends on how far away they were. <laughs> it is perpetually cold. <laughs> Sorry. That was a dick joke, in case you were wondering. <laughs> Talking about penises is highbrow stuff. Yep, none of this is making it in. <laughs> <laughs> That's what she said. Oh, nice. Nice. <laughs> oh, that was really good. That was good. <laughs> oh, man. Well, then, gentlemen, thank you again for playing tonight. It has been a pleasure as always. And I wish you all the best until we get to roll the dice once more. Yeah, so fingers crossed we'll be able to get some more episodes on. Sounds like a plan. So then, gentlemen, thank you again for playing. And until next time, may all of your rolls be natural 20s. Say bye, guys. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. One. One. <laughs> one. <laughs> Is that uni? That's uni. Yeah, that's what I, was just saying, I thought it was uni. <laughs>
And as always, Brute Force and Ignorance would like to thank Sword Coast Soundscapes for their amazing ambient noise and the incredible Celestial Aeon Project for almost all the music used in this episode. And obviously, a huge thank you to the Longest Johns for allowing us to use Bones in the Ocean, the sea shanty that came from Air Hanard, Flint's home. And I love music. Don't know if you guys love music. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to stick the whole song at the end of this episode. So if anyone wants to listen to the entire song without us making dick and fart jokes over the top, as we always do, then <laughs> then I'll put it on straight after this. Uh, thank you very much. Thanks for listening. Hope you guys enjoyed it. It's good to be back. And a Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays to everybody. We hope you and your loved ones are safe and well. Take care. Love, love, love. Oh, I bid farewell to the port and the land And I paddle away from brave England's white sands To search for my long-ago forgotten friends To search for the place I hear all sailors end As the souls of the dead fill the space of my mind I'll search without sleeping till peace I can find I fear not the weather, I fear not the sea I remember the fallen, do they think of me When their bones in the ocean forever will be Plot a course to the night, to a place I once knew To a place where my hope died along with my crew So I swallow my grief and face life's final test To find promise of peace and the solace of rest As the souls of the dead fill the space of my ears Their laughter like children, their beckoning cheers My heart longs to join them, sing songs of the sea I remember the fallen, do they think of me When their bones in the ocean forever will be When at last before my ghostly shipmates I stand I shed a small tear for my home upon land Though their eyes speak of deaths filled with struggle and strife Their smiles below say I don't owe them my life As the souls of the dead fill the space of my eyes And my boat listed over and tried to capsize I'm this far from drowning, this far from the sea I remember the living, do they think of me When my bones in the ocean forever will be Now that I'm staring down at the darkest abyss I'm not sure what I want, but I don't think it's this. As my comrades call to stand fast and forge on, I make sail for the dawn till the darkness has gone. As the souls of the dead live forever in my mind, As I live all the years that they left me behind I'll stay on the shore but still gaze at the sea I remember the fallen and they think of me For our souls in the ocean together will be I remember the fallen and they think of me For our souls in the ocean Together will be